Hey y'all, I'm Mel, and you are listening to Wilma the Wonder Hen. Are you a chicken mouth-loving mama or daddy? Together we'll dive into the latest poultry keeping adventures, chat about everyday life, with a generous mix of some hilarious stories. Bringing you fascinating interviews with poultry owners from all over. You'll find tips and basic advice from your local veterinarian, along with new chicken keeping gadgets and reviews. I'm going to see what Mr. Jangles and Wilma has to say about that. We're going to encourage and help you build a stronger, healthier flock. Let's go see what Mr. Jangles and Wilma is up to. Let's go let these heifers out. I'm Mel, and you are listening to Wilma the Wonder Hen. Hey, Ray, we are so excited to have you with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's so good to be here. We are so excited to hear your story. And I know that your name really intrigued me the most because you are the COVID cluckers and you are the claw. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, I am. That is so interesting. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be? So have you seen Toy Story? Yes, I have. Well, one, two, three, four. I don't know how many. Uh, There's a lot, but. It's the scene where, like, the claw comes down and picks up the aliens. Oh, yes. And, like, I always yes. felt like my poor chickens felt that way when I went in to, like, pick them up. So that's how I got the title of the claw. That is very original. But where did the COVID part come from? That's not really a common, like, backyard chicken mama name. No, it's not. Um, So COVID happened in March, and they shut down everything here in Maryland. And I told my husband, I said, we're getting chickens. He said, no, we're not. And I was like, we're off for COVID. And who knows how long we'll be here? Who knows like what's going on with the food? And I really wanted chickens. So I got chickens. And that's where that came from. And I just liked the name. I was like, oh, these are my COVID cluckers. I think it's fun. Did you grow up on a farm? Was chicken something that you had when you were little? No, my grandfather was a dairy farmer. And we would go out there and spend like summers with them. And so, like, we got to play with the cows, and they didn't have chickens then. My mom did growing up. But, like, I grew up around horses. I actually had a business for a while where I was breaking horses. And I wanted chickens then, but we couldn't have them at the farm we were at. And then when I moved to my city that I'm in now, the neighbor down the street got them. And that's when my husband knew it was over. We were going to get chickens eventually. When you first got your chickens, did you do it for sustainability? Was that something that was in your mind, was thinking of eggs? And I know some people keep eggs, um, chickens for eggs and meat, and some are just pets, and that's okay too. But when you got them, was that in your mind that this was going to be part of your sustainability? Yeah, I was afraid at first because the food chain was all screwed up and like the grocery stores were completely empty. And I was like, well, what's the one food that we could take care of and have in our house all the time that would really actually nourish us? And it was eggs. And then I didn't realize how lovable they were. So then like they're now more pets than anything else. The eggs are just a bonus. Okay, so your neighbor got the chickens first, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so in your city where you live, I assume you live in a like an in-city? 
Yeah, I'm in a city proper, so. Okay, do they have a limit on how many chickens that you can have there? Yes. So, like, you can't go over X amount of chickens. If you do, they can seize them, this, that, and the other. They they can seize your chickens? Yeah. Say what? Yeah, that that's not going to happen. <laughs> do you think you'd hide your chickens somewhere, like an underground bunker? Absolutely. They, they'll just come in the house. <laughs> you can dress them up like little kids and put them in strollers. I'll put a little, like, thing on them that says, like, support animal or something like that. Then they won't bother me. <laughs> You know, people have put, they do put leashes on their chickens. Now, I don't do that, but I know that I have witnessed this online where people purchase halters. Like, I've seen it. Yeah, I don't know if that would work or not. Maybe you could walk into Tractor Supply like that. Maybe. I mean, there's a lady who has her cat in a stroller that she walks around. So maybe I can do the same thing with the chicken. Do a chicken stroller. They might like that better. So what did your husband think? I know you said that he he kind of knew inevitably that this was not going to be, you were going to bring these chickens home. So did he grow up on a farm or is he like a city no. guy? He's a city guy. He's like, he's really into like building stuff. He wants to be country. Like he's like, oh, we we've got a truck. I, I want to be country. And I introduced him to my horse for the first time and he was kind of scared of her. But, like, with the chickens, he fell in love the minute he held those little peep-peeps in his hands. So Aww. it was really kind of cute, that little moment. When you first got your chickens, what do you think the biggest challenge was? Did you read up on it before you got them? Did you just run out and get them and not even think twice and bring them back home? Um, I did a lot of research because I'm that type of person. And because we can't have roosters and... I had to find a way to make sure that I absolutely had females. So I ended up getting sex links and auto sexing birds. So that way I knew what I was getting. So that way I wouldn't have a problem. And the minute my husband saw all of the research that I'd done, like putting into like creating a brooder, all the supplies, what it was going to cost. He knew he wasn't going to be able to say no. They can never say no. No. Never. Even if he had said no, they still would have shown up. So. <laughs> what? It, okay, let's kind of backtrack. I'm losing my train of thought, so we're going to refocus because I'm okay. so giddy. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm kind of fangirling on COVID cluckers here. And I don't get very nervous, and I'm kind of used to having to speak in front of people and things. But for some reason, COVID cluckers is just my ultimate girl, and I am kind of really overwhelmed and giddy that you actually agreed to come on our podcast and i want to get your expertise or your your thoughts on what do you think is kind of lacking right now in the chicken community i know that's a very big broad question but just from what you see i know that your your appearance on instagram and people look to you I think it's just your personality and it doesn't have to do necessarily with like, say you've had like 10 years experience. I think they just see you and they feel comfort there and knowing that they can come to you and kind of ask you questions. And I think it's because that you do your research and I know this sounds long winded, but I'm getting to that point of why mm -hmm. they feel like they can come to you and be because you will have that. Well, let's look it up instead of, 
there's so much misinformation out there on chicken keeping. Yeah. <laughs> and it is kind of disheartening because you see a lot of new chicken keepers that read a lot of those things in like backyard groups and things like that. Not to say that they are necessarily bad, but I think you also have to do your research. Weeks, weeks. <laughs> do, what do you see in our chicken community that would need some improvement and what could mm-hmm. we do about that? I think the, the biggest thing honestly is everybody has an opinion and it's not necessarily a well-informed opinion. Like when people come to me and ask like questions about their chickens, if I don't know the answer, you know, I'm not going to sit there and give them advice. Usually my first thing is, do you have a vet? Like, uh, like don't play around with things and like experiment with, you know, this, that, or the other. I know everybody has their own beliefs. I'm trying to be careful here, but like, there's a lot of bad advice out there. And like, you really have to like, trust your gut on that. Like, if you're like, oh, this sounds weird, it probably is weird, and it's probably not good for your birds. Yeah, there's a lot of misinformation. And I don't know if I, I think some of it is generational. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe their grandma had, you know, chickens and things like that, and that's what they did back then when we didn't have the knowledge that we have now, maybe, or the types of medications. And also, with chickens... There is a list of things that are not good for them and not just foods, but medications. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of things that you can use. Let's kind of back up because I know when you said, uh, you know, ask the vet first. Well, there are cases where they can't find an avian veterinarian. And there's a lot of veterinarians that do not see chickens. Oh, yeah. I know that's true because here... With Wilma, uh, we have a regular vet that we've used for years and years and years. And this regular vet saw Wilma and a few of my other chickens as they were growing up. But here recently, they didn't want, they cut that out of their practice. So we had to go to a different veterinarian that was a specialized, you know, in chickens themselves. So, you know, maybe they don't have access to a veterinarian. So that's when I think that that can be a hindrance too. But I will say there are articles online written by veterinarians geared towards chicken keeping. Oh, yeah. Um, I've taken some classes through the Mm -hmm. University of Maryland. I know Penn State has a really excellent one. It's through their extension programs. Um, Another thing you can do is a lot of us have other farm animals, and your farm vet should be able to, like, write you a basic prescription for an antibiotic. Mm -hmm. and. I've been using like a lot of the Gail Damaro books. Mm. I've been like reading them and she has a lot of things like how to like give dosages, what's appropriate, what's the egg withdrawal. Um, and those are things for you to probably take a look at. Like having good resources is really important, but getting in touch with like your local universities that have like the poultry programs, yeah. they'll actually put you in touch with people that can help you. And that's, that's what I've been studying a lot lately. I think it's really fascinating. Some of the things they have there. Um, and then you brought up the whole generational thing. That That is true. But I also think a lot of these bloggers, they hear something and they just want content. And they're hoping to draw people in just through content. And it's not well thought out. It's just like, oh, well, here's this remedy. Just use it and it'll be fine. But they don't talk about things like egg withdrawal. They don't talk about like how you're supposed to dose your chicken. 
Like they just say, oh, put it in your water and the whole flock's supposed to have it. That's not necessarily a good thing. Maybe your entire flock isn't sick and maybe it's not one of those things. So you could be doing more damage to the rest of your birds. You got to really like, really, really research it. That is so true because with the use of broad spectrum antibiotics, a broad spectrum antibiotic is not something you want to give to your chicken unless you really figure out what it is needing and definitely not to give to your whole flock. So that's a whole nother podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we'll speak with our we'll speak with our veterinarian about that. We'll we'll let her, you know, lay down yes. that, um Yes, her thoughts, because I'm not going to crush up some garlic and, you know, it's going to be magic. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing to give them, but it's not a cure. It's not a medication. Anyways, let's let's move along. To <laughs> let's move along to something that's not so intense. Okay, okay. So, I hear, Ray that um, you are quite the star on Instagram with some of your hashtags. Um, someone has started Chicken Daddy Sunday, and I hear that it is quite popular with all the daddies because a lot of the mamas usually get all the attention and daddies do not. So how or why did you start that fun hashtag? Okay, I'll keep this family friendly. Um, <laughs> my... my... <laughs> My brother-in-law sent me a link to this chicken daddy uh, calendar from like Facebook and it was just cracking me up. It was like these dudes holding chickens, but you wouldn't notice the chickens because the guys were really Ah, good looking. And then I was like, you know what? This would just be nice for like regular dudes who love chickens and the chicken mamas are always bothering them and pestering them to like get the pictures taken and like all that. But this is a chance to showcase them and make the chicken mamas happy. So Chicken Daddy Sunday is more about like, you know, not so much like not noticing the chickens. It's all about the daddies, you know, (laughs) and letting the mamas be able to show it out. I think it's fabulous. I think a lot of people um, really are drawn to that because like you said, not, you know, it's usually about the mamas and stuff, but uh, our chicken daddies, you know, they're usually not always, so don't come at me, but. Um, they're usually the ones building and um, doing those types of things for us. They're doing like the dirty yeah. work that the mamas don't necessarily want to do. Yeah, that d- I mean, like, I, I make my husband do the stuff I don't want to do. So- <laughs> <laughs> but he loves you, though, doesn't he? Oh, he does. And, and he loves them. That's the other thing. Like, he sits there and he'll grumble about it. But in reality, he loves it. And I think a lot of people who have, like, their chicken dad... That it's the same way like they'll grumble about it but like they'll go and do it anyway because they they genuinely love their chickens and the other thing about chicken daddy sunday is i like how we've made it really inclusive so it's not just like a male chicken daddy if you're showing that big chicken daddy energy it doesn't matter what race gender species you know if you're showing it you're showing right, it i think mr jangles participated a few times as a chicken daddy because i mean he is he does like to make kids around here <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he makes beautiful make babies some beautiful babies they're just a lot of them <laughs> okay i get so wrapped up i get so confused okay okay ray here's a serious question if okay let's where, go. where do you see yourself and your flock in this coming year do you want to add more chickens are you at your max 
I would love chicks we're not allowed to have anymore. So, you know, I'm just going to live vicariously through everybody else's pictures. So let's hear some of your chickens' names. Your hens have some of the most unique names, and I'd like to hear some of the stories behind that. (laughs) Those girls are ridiculous. Um, Well, we have Princess Leia. Um, We named her after Carrie Fisher because she's real sassy and, like, you know, always with, like, the quips. We have Commander Rex. It's another Star Wars character, but she's just Rex, and she's just happy-go-lucky. We named Blue after the Velociraptor in Jurassic Park. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, Camilla was named after Gonzo's girlfriend These from the These are fabulous names, y'all. Fabulous. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, we just pulled from everywhere. Um, oh. Nutmeg, she was literally brown. <laughs> And we were trying to figure out a cute little name for her. And so we called her Nutmeg. But we usually call her Nutter Butter because she's just so sweet. And then, um, let me see. And Pom Pom. Pom Pom looked like a Pom Pom. You just saw her big poofy. And she still is. And then we have Luna. She's just grumpy. And then we have Artemis, who is crazy. But we call her Artie. So... Those are some very creative names. So how many chickens do you have? I may have missed this. I have eight. Eight chickens. Okay, and that's the max in your city. Yep. That's as far as we go. I'm trying to get to all the good things that I don't want to miss something. Oh, okay. Okay, Ray. So what do you think is your girl's favorite treat? Blueberries. It, it It's like, they're like vacuum cleaners. You, you have them in your hand, all of a sudden, boom, they're gone. They just like suck them up. I've never seen anything like it. It's their favorite. Is there anything about these chickens that you didn't realize that chickens did or their behavior? What do you think is the most interesting thing that you've learned so far with your ladies? They have super unique personalities. I never I never thought that they would be loving. I thought they'd be more like farm animals. And I mean, like, I've, I've been on farms and I, I you always have that bond with them. But like, I didn't expect them to be so personable. And, like, they invade my space all the time. They're all over me. And I never expected that. I expect them just, you know, be chickens, just pecking at stuff and not nothing to do with me. But they're all about me. It's, it's fun. If you've had cattle and things like that, and even those things probably have personalities. I don't know. I don't have a lot of experience in that. But I know over the years with my chickens, they each have mm-hmm. unique names because they each have personalities. They, they are not they their behavior is like a toddler it's like a child they're they they behaved awful like bad bad children get that out of your mouth i don't know how many times i've said that to them (laughs) yes yes and you're wondering is it something that they could actually eat you know or is this something that i should probably hunt them down and remove it? it it's always they're always up to something it's never dull. I know you mentioned pom-pom, but I know that you are quite the entrepreneur. So can you tell us a little bit about a product that you have created? I have pom-poms comb pomade, and it's it's a balm that you basically put on their combs to help them. It, it moisturizes their combs, and I've noticed it doesn't fully protect them from frostbite because in reality nothing really does if you stop and think about it, but I've noticed a huge difference when I put it on their combs. It's It's got like a waxy feel to it, but it's not cold. So it allows like some breathability, but it has helped a little bit with the chill 
But yeah, I have pom-pom comb pomade. When you created this product, did you find that there was just something um, that you couldn't find somewhere else? Or maybe you didn't trust another product? Or I hate things with smells, like overpowering smells. And I, and I know that chickens with their respiratory like system, they can't have like a lot of smells. Like some of that stuff just isn't good for them, like fragrances and they just don't like it. So um, I wanted something that didn't have a scent really, or if it had a scent, it was a natural scent that wasn't gonna hurt them. Cause I, I worry about like all those perfumes and things and like there's no dyes or anything and it's all natural. I do have a video that I have made with Mr. Jangles. I just haven't edited it yet, but, and I have been applying uh, the pom-pom um, pomade onto Mr. Jangles and Mr. Tuck's um, comb. And I can tell already that made a difference because their comb is not as dry. We've never suffered from frostbite here. A lot of that does come with uh, coop ventilation and things like that, but it can help protect them from getting so dry. I have noticed that it is, it's working. We, mm -hmm. we love it. So we're ready to buy a bucket of it. We just have to see when it's going to be available for the public. Um, I'm working on that. Um, Etsy is uh, not easy to navigate, but I'm working on it. So I'm trying to make sure that I can, yeah. I'm keeping costs low is the big thing. Cause like a lot of that stuff's so expensive. So I just want to keep it reasonable. So I'm fighting with Etsy to figure some stuff out to keep it at a reasonable cost. This is very true. Very, very true. And we appreciate you for doing that. That's what makes you so amazing. How our listeners can reach you. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at COVID Cluckers. That's all. It's one word, COVID Cluckers. And in our smart bio and on our links page, we have links to our Etsy shop, our blog, and like the various things that we were trying to help other people with. So it's all right there. Yeah, I, I want to add, Ray is, I'm kind of tooting on Ray's horn here because if there is a need in our chicken community, which is and not just financially, and because Ray does bring attention to those in our community that has a need with maybe a sick chicken or and also, Ray has been very good to Wilma and the Wonder Hen, our merchandise, and just um, sharing things that we've posted. And it really means a lot. That is what our chicken community is, what we're trying to build with this podcast, is to build a place where people can come and give their stories and share the struggles and, you know, what they have learned along the way. If you had one piece of advice for new chicken keeping chicken keeping owners what would you give make the coop bigger than you think you need it to be <laughs> that's always mine that's always 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 make that baby big chicken <laughs> math is real <laughs> you better make a home sis yes <laughs> so before we go right i would like to ask you three questions and these are three questions that i ask all of our guests and I know that our listeners are going to be so excited to hear from you. So, right, what's the best thing that's ever happened to you that wouldn't go on a resume? Best thing that's ever happened to me that wouldn't go on a resume. That's a good one. Okay. Um, I got to, so I'm a musician, and I got to play at a festival one year. And it was like our first year together. We're, the band is not together anymore, thank God. Um, but we got to play in front of 10,000 people 
And it was so cool just to have that experience to play in front of that many people and like, you know, just get up there and just do our little thing. And that was probably like the best thing I've done that I can't just put on a resume, but like, it was cool. Wow. You know, we're going to ask to see if you would sing for us. So, Oh, what what am I singing? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. We got to answer our questions first. Okay. First, you answer the questions. Then we're going to hear you sing. Now, you don't have to if you don't want to, but we really would like you to. Something. Okay. What's your favorite place in your house and why? It's my dining room because I just redid it. Because we inherited this house and, like, it was so not us. It was, like, old lady wallpaper everywhere. It was... It was some serious, like, back to, like, 1970s kind of stuff. It was gross. (laughs) And we just, we redid it. But the dining room is my favorite because, like, I made it this really light purple color. And it's so different from the rest of the house. It's so fun to be in. I like being in there. And the family dinners we've been having in there. It just, it's a good, pleasant room. I love that. That's, that's great. Okay, you're your last question is, what is your favorite song and why? Oh, God. My kids ask me this all the time. I, I, I don't have one. And I know that sounds really weird. But if you have, like, a favorite song in my brain and just, like, with my background, that's all you want to listen to. <laughs> you know? I, it, it, I like that answer. That's a good answer. So, like, I, I just try to listen to everything. I mean, like, I have, like, favorite genres and things that I enjoy listening to the most. But, like, I'm willing to listen to anything. And I can find something I like in just about everything. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So, do you think you could sing us a short little something? So, like, when we were talking back and forth, my husband will be like, who are you talking to? And I'm like, Wilma the Wonder Hen. I love it. I'm going to have to hire you to do a jingle for us. We'll figure something out. That's that's what we're going to have to do. I've decided already. But I tell you that I need to hire you for everything, so it don't really matter. The pay is great. Y'all don't know how much Ray. Ray's like my sounding board. I, I don't know how many times I've messaged her and asked her, like, what does this message mean? What do, what do they want from me? And I'm usually like, delete it. Just, just I'm get like, rid I of don't it. understand this. <laughs> because I'm so worried that, you know, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But I also am like, what is this? You know, what, what? I'm not new to the internet or social media by any means. But some of this stuff just freaks me out. It's gotten weird. Not going to lie. <laughs> Okay, well, Ray, we are so glad that you joined us today. It was a privilege. I mean, I one of my dreams to have you on our podcast. And Wilma is so appreciative of everything that you do. And I know that our chicken community is so grateful for your wittiness and your funniness and your compassion. You are truly a good friend to Wilma and the Wonderhand, and we are so so grateful and so thankful and we are so blessed oh and we hope to have you back again anytime we'll figure something out we'll figure it out yes i'm mel and you are listening to wilma the wonder hen 